Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Now, we are airing in Boston, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. How about that? Washington, Oregon, Idaho, California, Arizona, Colorado, Oklahoma, Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Vermont, Maine. I've been everywhere, man. (laughs) This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yeah, it is. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. Brand new week coming at you. And uh, we are live, I think. Uh, on episode number 1078 of your favorite daytime sports talk show on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio podcast, and for the streaming folk, YouTube Live. I'm here. Darren Moose Dupont joins us from Toronto. Let's uh, bring him in. We've got a very exciting show today. Jim Lang, Canada's foremost expert on the National Football League, will be with us coming up later on in hour one and in hour two. The voice of the Toronto Argonauts, Mike Hogan. And uh, hey, Moose, anything you have to say before I hit the show horn? Anything burning on your mind you want to get off your chest? No, let's go. I'm, I'm excited to get going today. It's been a long weekend. All right, let's jump right into it. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? And we'll go from there. I will tell you the text line's open throughout 902-518-3033. It's brought to you by EMJ Marketing, providing the right keynote speaker for your event. Contact Joe at emjmarketing.com today. I will, not that you don't, that you need a reminder, it is September 11th. Flags here in the South Florida area that I live are at half mass, so... Take a moment and observe today. I'm sure many of you have, but I don't want to go through the where were you moment 22 years ago today. Uh, But remembering the victims and the families of the victims, our thoughts are with them today. So to point one, weekend wrap. It was an interesting one here for me, Moose. We had a lot to get to, a lot of football to get to, some breaking hockey news today. But I'll just say this, Saturday night. FAU, I saw the next one. Curtis Rourke, the quarterback of the Ohio Bobcats. He's the number one rated player in the Canadian Football League draft for next spring. No quarterback's ever been rated number one before. And if you don't, if you wonder why that is, familiarize yourself with the CFL draft. I'm just telling you that if that's the case. And I was at FAU Stadium Ford on a beautiful night that was delayed a little bit for, because of, well, 90 minutes, actually, because of rain. They shortened the warm-ups, Moose, to like 15 minutes. I'm like, normally they're out here warming up 90 minutes to two hours, but you shortened it to 15 minutes. There's a message in there somewhere. But anyways, they came back, came from behind, 17-10 victory for the Ohio Bobcats under Curtis Rourke. Six foot five, long and lanky uh, quarterback. He missed the game in three quarters prior to that with a leg injury, Moose. And it was the first loss for Tom Herman's FAU Owls. And I'm just going to say, I can see now why he's going to step out of the shadow of his older brother, Nathan, who's from Oakville, Ontario. They both are. Uh, He's already in the National Football League with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if you get a chance, Moose, try and find a television or streaming or some way to get a look at Curtis Rourke. Because, man, he's all that. 
Well, it seems like it. And, I mean, you got some great photos with your uh, all-access pass you have there to FAU, which was cool to see him on the sidelines, him rolling out. And you get a little bit of an idea when you get the photos and the videos from that angle and that close to the action, kind of how big he is, right? Because that's the first thing. Do you have the tools? Are you big? Do you have the, the hand size and, you know, those raw tools to be able to excel at the next level? It seems like he does. And it's a reason why we're paying attention to the Ohio Bobcats and, and following him very, very closely. So uh, we were watching. We were following the stat line as much as we could and uh, can't wait to watch him actually play a game. I appreciate you doing that. I appreciate FAU for accrediting me not only as media and a broadcaster, but also a photographer. So for what I knew there would be people like you, football nerds, watching my videos and pictures. I actually had people writing me from Calgary saying, are you actually taking pictures or are you just standing there? You don't know me very well then. When I show up to work, I'm going to work. And Curtis Rourke is the tallest guy on the field. He's the tallest guy on the field that'll change probably when he gets into the National Football League, which that looks like is where he's going. You know, Jim Barker uh, from the CFL and TSN doesn't think he'll play a down in the CFL, but uh, we'll see. Uh, moving on, just Sunday, Matthew Kachuk, there's an autograph signing photo opportunity with the biggest star on the Florida Panthers. If I'll, I'll speak on behalf of the organizers at Hollywood Collectibles. I went down there. There's no way they expected that many people to show up to get a picture or meet Matthew Kachuk or an autograph. It was chaos absolute chaos and you can go to our social media channels right now at the rod peterson show and look for yourself on instagram it was out of control so i don't think they understand how big of a deal matthew kachuk is coming back for year two in florida with the panthers now number two you did show up and we're going to get to the cfl but you came up the viewers and audience showed up for an nfl take on week one and if you watched our story this morning, I said, I want to talk about the fat cats and the eager beavers. Darren, did you pay attention to this? The fat cats, i.e. the quarterbacks that got the bag prior to week one kickoff, all crapped the bed. Joe Burrow didn't have 100 yards passing. Uh, Justin Herbert lost at home with the Chargers. He got the bag. Lamar Jackson won, but he wasn't great. And you and I could have beat the Houston Texans. That didn't mean anything. On the flip side, the eager Beavers, the three quarterbacks who all switched teams, all won. They were eager to impress. Derek Carr, I don't need to tell you, his Saints beat your Titans. That was one. Uh, Jimmy G, obviously, was another with the Vegas Raiders. They went into Denver and won. And Baker Mayfield. How about, you know I love Baker. And I just I cheer for players. I don't cheer for teams. So I apologize to my buddy uh, Jeff Pearson, huge Vikings fan. I apologize to all my Vikings fan friends. But I had to cheer for Baker Mayfield going in there with the Bucks, and they won 20-17. to 17. Do you see the correlation there? Maybe for the odds makers, when you're making picks, the guy that just got $50 million a year, <laughs> probably going to take his foot off the gas a little bit. That's what, that's what I think happened in week one. It's a great takeaway. It's a great takeaway. And you look at those, you know, the fat cats and the eager beavers. I think that's cool. Uh, maybe that's a segment, you know, like that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. But um, it was interesting. And I think, you know, I look at Joe Burrow and, and that game, the Bengals and the Browns as kind of, the, you know, for a lot of people, the biggest, oh, my God, what happened? But he pointed out he just got the money, hasn't played all preseason, was dealing with that injury um, and, and, you know, that all that. Um, 
That's a factor. The Browns have had their number. He's the one team that he just can't seem to figure out is the, is the Cleveland Browns, and they got a pretty good defense. Jim Schwartz, their new defensive coordinator, has them locked down, and Deshaun Watson looked good enough to get the job done. So that was a big one in week one. And the other takeaway for me was how bad the Bears looked in week one. You know, Justin Fields, he had, you know, 20-some starts in his career um, DJ Moore only had three targets, and they gave up the number one overall pick in the draft for him, and he only was targeted three times. And on the other side, but Green Bay, they, they made a graphic on, on, uh, on Sunday about Green Bay. In 30 years, this is only the third quarterback to start. They had Brett Favre, Brett Favre, Brett Favre, Brett Favre, and then Rodgers, 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 nobody else, and now you got Jordan Love, and he just picked up with three touchdown passes, led them to a big victory over Chicago. It just seems like that franchise is blessed with great luck when it comes to quarterback. Uh, I just will remind our audience. And by the way, how about those Falcons? Hashtag rise up. Hashtag dirty birds. Are you listening? Yeah, 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 yeah. Producer Clark, that's his NFL team. Um, for better or worse, that's his team. Way to go, Clark. Your team won. Everybody listening in Atlanta right now in WQEE, uh, take a bow. It's the first time they've got a winning record since 2017. I heard that stat this right morning. On. That is unbelievable. So, yeah, buddy. Enjoy it for the week. And uh, I see a lot of comments have come in, and yes, I did invite them. But hang on, we're not getting to them just yet. Uh, point three, New York Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers says he uh, said he had butterflies going into his preseason debut with his new team a couple weeks ago. The butterflies will be back tonight when the Jets open their regular season against the AFC East rival Buffalo Bills at MetLife Stadium with a primetime audience watching on Monday Night Football. Aaron says he's learned ways to handle pressure during his long NFL career. Uh, that's a topic that I want to get into later. The Bills are favored by two at Bed Regal tonight. It's our poll question. Who wins on Monday Night Football? Dun, 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 dun. For Key Auto Group, at the Key Auto Group, you can buy with confidence knowing that they provide reports on all vehicles they sell. Get fully informed about your next vehicle by going to keyautogroup.ca. I'm going to go and buck the trend and go against the odds makers, and I think the Jets are going to win at home in the Aaron Rodgers debut. I know the Bills are a favorite top five team uh, to make it to the Super Bowl, top two in the AFC, but I just there's been so much hype on Aaron Rodgers showing up in New York, and I think that's that there's a vibe. It's a vibe, Darren. I think they're going to ride it to a win, the Jets. I do. You? Yeah, you know, everything's pointing that way. And they're a confident group, almost to their detriment. They had members of their defense coming out saying this could be an all-time great defense. And they brought up the 85 Bears. And they brought up the Steel Curtain. They brought up, you know, the Legion of Boom in, in Seattle. So they're very confident. And Aaron Rodgers has just changed the dynamic. I said this on social about Dan Campbell, how one person can come in and completely change the outlook on, on a franchise and completely change the way you, you look at them and perceive them. Aaron Rodgers has done that to the New York Jets. They have a lot of talent around him, but he now adds that credibility factor. So I think there's a lot of pressure on the Buffalo Bills tonight because their window for a Super Bowl feels like it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and tonight could signal um, how fast it's closing. Oh, man, I'm glad that we got two full hours with you and I, you, just you and me. I feel like it will be close to two hours because we have a lot to talk about. You mentioned the pressure. What really is pressure? Oh, man. My mind goes a lot of directions when you say that. Um, and we got the CFL talk coming up. We got a great segue here. 
from NFL to CFL, which I'll get to. But did you see the interview with John McEnroe and Aaron Rodgers by chance? The one-on-one or any clips of it? Yeah, I saw some clips. Okay. So I don't know if you saw the one where McEnroe's like, I don't know what you're doing, but like you went to, just like you didn't know what you were going to do. So you went into a darkness chamber or a darkness retreat. Like, I don't even know what that is. And then you came out and you had the epiphany that you were to, you wanted to leave Green Bay and ended up with the jet. Like, is that what happened? And I howled. It was just this morning that I saw it. I'm like, you, you people don't even get it. And I would think John McEnroe, given the success he's had in the tennis world as a champion, Try, doesn't it sound inviting to go somewhere and just kill all your senses? Doesn't it? Because yeah. I've done it too. We've been advised to not tell people we're doing this because they're going to think you're crazy. <laughs> just imagine going away for a while, getting away from all the distractions, and then just listening. You would be amazed at what comes to you. And by the way, go back and look at the clip because Aaron Rodgers looked at McEnroe when he asked him that. Like he made him... Tried to make him feel like he's nuts, and Aaron just smiled. And when you talk, he, he gets it. He gets he it. Gets I've it. become more and more and more of an Aaron Rodgers fan. And um, pressure is feeding a family of five. Pressure's trying to decide what bills to pay at the end of the month and which ones he aren't because you don't have enough money. That's my take on pressure. I get what you're saying, but there shouldn't be that much pressure. Now, we'll come back on this. And Dallas spanked the Giants 40 to nothing. As you know, the, the Cowboys scoring touchdowns on special teams and defense in the first quarter alone on the way to a romp. So I won another chicken sandwich from my buddy Chris Sanford. Chris Sanford from the Bronx. And I texted him this morning to see if he was okay. And he was like, oh, yeah, I didn't think you'd text me and rub it in. I said, I'm not, when I'm rubbing it in, you'll know. I'm texting to make sure you're okay. This is a welfare check, bro. And he goes, why? You couldn't have even enjoyed that as a Cowboys fan. That wasn't even a game. I'm like, no, no, no. I enjoyed every snap. <laughs> when your team's motorboating the opposition, Darren, if it's 57 to nothing, you're enjoying it. Are you not? <laughs> I enjoyed oh, yeah. it all. I didn't want a close yeah. game. Everything's going right. You know, you're converting every third down. Every run's going where you want. Like, I mean, that's what you want. Everybody, they're spreading the wealth around. Tony Pollard looked polished. That defense looked pretty good. Special teams. And you beat a division rival. I mean, that's all you can ask for. That is, uh, yeah, uh, ugly for people who want to tune into a primetime game on Sunday night and be treated to a real slobber knocker. Now, it wasn't that. Um, I got to about early third quarter before I said, Uncle, I'm done. I can't watch any more of this. I've seen what I need to see. They're not coming back in the rain and everything else. But, uh, yeah, Cowboys are talented. They look pretty polished, and I think they made a statement to the rest of the NFL because that's, that's not a bad Giants team. That's not a bad Giants team, but that's a really good Cowboys team. Really good. Yeah, and I will say to the gentleman who texted us on Friday, he was listening on the sprayer in Sask. Uh, where's his name? Allen. He asked if I, we were going to take the bet. Eagles favored by four at the Patriots, and I said, yeah, yes. If it was any other team but the Eagles, I would maybe doubt if they honored Tom Brady before the game. But what do you know? The Eagles covered, and they didn't even play that well. They're getting ripped in the Philly papers today that they only won by five at the Patriots. These, some of these teams in Canada think they have it so hard. My God, spend two seconds in America.
Uh, Jenna's watching in Southern California. Says, I was cheering for a 50 burger. I know. We got to settle for a 40 burger. And, and thank you from the bar flies of Winnipeg. This was the segue I was mentioning. The segue to the CFL is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers put a 50 burger up on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And if anybody thinks bomber fans were bored by the game, I watched it. Did you see anybody leaving? I didn't. <laughs> Not that was wearing blue. I'm sure a lot of green fans did. So when we come back, we'll take a look at week 14 in the Canadian Football League. I mentioned there's breaking hockey news today. Canada's bringing home a medal from the FIBA World Basketball Cup. Uh, NHL training camps opening with rookie prospect camps this weekend. So we're just getting rolling on this Monday. Jim Lang on the way today and uh, Mike Hogan. We'll return in a moment. We are live on the Game Plus television network, WQEE Radio in Atlanta, podcast and YouTube live. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, collectors, be sure to register for the Premier Sports Card Convention, where collectors, enthusiasts, and sports lovers unite to celebrate the beauty and value of their treasured items. Taking place in Red Deer, Alberta, in the Parkland Pavilion, September 29th, 30th, and October 1st. Get your tickets and more information at premiersportscardcon.ca. As we bring the moose in, I know that this is the CFL's favorite show. So before we jump into the CFL talk, we do have some breaking news on this Monday from the sports world, from Ottawa. Uh, Ottawa Senators head coach DJ Smith has a new assistant on his staff. Ben Sexton's been promoted from American Hockey League affiliate Belleville to join Smith's staff. He spent the past three seasons as an assistant coach with Belleville after being hired prior to the 2020-21 season. He's a 32-year-old Ottawa product, originally drafted by the Boston Bruins in 09. Uh, the Sens also announced that Sean Tierney will be the team's director of hockey al analytics, effective September 15th. And the Vancouver Canucks named Quinn Hughes their captain today. Dee, 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 dee. Our hockey coverage is brought to you in part by Common Crown Brewing. Head down to the tap room Thursday through Saturday, 12 to 8. Check out Common Crown Brewing Company at commoncrown.ca. Am I correct in saying Bo Horvat had been the captain of the Canucks and it was kept vacant uh, after he was dealt to the New York Islanders last year? I'll get to the baseball and the FIBA later. CFL Week 14 wrap. The scores were these. Jim Barker said on Friday that if Ottawa loses Friday night, they're done. D-U-N. Done. And they lost 27-24 to Hamilton Moose. I think that's their sixth loss in a row. And then a triple header on Saturday. 
Toronto beat Montreal 39-10. In your town, Toronto over Montreal 39-10. Blue Bombers, as we mentioned, spanked the Rough Riders 51-6 in the Banjo Bowl. And Edmonton, last second field goal, knocked off Calgary 25-23. Our largest two regions for viewership, not surprisingly, are Saskatchewan and Winnipeg. So I just want to say this about the Banjo Bowl. I see many, some writing in here today. I've seen other commentary online from the media and fans about that rider loss at Winnipeg that, ah, we knew we were going to lose anyways. No big deal. And then I see other people write in, losing their minds, rider fans saying, what kind of attitude is that to say we were going to lose anyways? So who cares if it was by 45 points or one? Yeah, yeah. What were your week 14 thoughts in the Canadian Football League? That was a tough one. Um, I didn't catch the beginning of the game, and I look at my score app, and I'm like, what is going on? I mean, they're already, as you say, getting motorboated. I'm like, we did talk about that. Is the conditions kind of set up for something like that to potentially happen? Um, you know, you look at the way that game ended in Saskatchewan. You look at what typically happens between Labor Day and the Banjo Bowl. Um, and, and Winnipeg was angry. They were angry, and they played like it, and they weren't taking any prisoners um, at home. I mean, they wanted to assert themselves. They wanted to make a statement, and I think they made a statement. And we'll see how Saskatchewan recovers. The big thing here for Saskatchewan is they just haven't been able to play very good away from home, like on the road. They need to be better on the road, um, but that was that was really tough. And then for me, Trey Ford, the fourth quarter he had, he struggled early in that game, but he, he they stuck with it. He was patient. He used his legs until his his his, his throwing caught up. And in the fourth quarter, he was uh, spectacular. The defense did what they needed to do, and it was it was fun whenever there's a walk off win, and that's what Edmonton got. So now we open up to the audience. Uh, Brian in Hudson Bay writes in, the home of Trent Yanni, Glenn Gullitson, and Craig Adam, Hudson Bay Sask. He writes in and says, I know what it's like to have my, my team get smoked, but not really sure what it's like to have my team smoke someone by 40. After all, I'm a Ryder fan, so I probably will never be on the right end of that, LOL. Man, did the Riders look terrible on Saturday. A total embarrassment. My summation on that is a lot of what Darren just said, 902-518-3033. The line is open. That's EMJ Marketing text line. I'll just say this. Good teams don't get blown out. And Darren just said they're having a tough time winning on the road, too. So you're not going to be a championship team. There's two things working against you. You got to be able to win on the road to win a championship, as memory serves. And two, good teams don't get blown out. Last year, they said it was food poisoning. Some of you bought it. Some of you didn't. I never did. So it is what it is. Uh, With Winnipeg, they're a bully. They make no bones about that, nor apologies for it, and that's fine. Um, You saw their video after where they quoted me, two quotes from this show that they put in their post-game trash video. Hey, Should we send them an invoice for the social media content we're giving them, Moose? What do you think over there in Winnipeg? I know. It's uh, it's pretty good, though, um, because they know that 
we're the show that they're talking about, we're, that we're talking about them all the time. So it's easy to go back and, and find our comments. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, but you know what? They know and everybody knows uh, the content's always going to be there, which is fun and just part of why we do it every day. And it's fun when you can have a little fun like that. I don't think there's any mean-spiritedness about it, but uh, um, it's fun nonetheless, even if it is bulletin board material. From the audience, Jeff the Stamps fan says, LOL. Food poisoning. I know, right? <laughs> Some people actually bought it. Uh-huh. Wayne in BC says, did anyone expect the Riders to beat the Bombers? I was hoping for at least a game. Um, again, if you have the mentality of, we didn't expect to win there anyway, so that's just not a winning attitude. Jay in Winnipeg says, Rod hates Winnipeg, LOL. No, Rod doesn't. All I'm saying is the Blue Bombers are acting like bullies. I get it. 30 years of having the sand kicked in your face. We lived it with the Riders. What I'm saying is eventually you got to stop post-game trash talking. But they ain't. And that's also fine. They didn't have anything to say after the Labor Day Classic. And they didn't have anything to say after they crapped themselves in the Grey Cup last year. So if they want to take that rub it in the face when they win, and go hide when they lose. That's entirely their prerogative. Have I read that right, Moose? Yeah. You can do what you want, right? And if you don't like it, yes. beat them. Right? Yes. Uh, Ryan in New York State writes, and he says, Toronto and Winnipeg are heads, shoulders, knees, and toes. Above every other team in the league right now, if they don't run it back in the Great Cup, I'll be very, very surprised kevin the medium writes in you know kev he says the smurf mafia is living up to their name (laughs) i just love the name smurf mafia i didn't come up with it by the way just a reminder we're live on game plus television wqe radio in atlanta youtube and podcast and to our board operators our control room operators in atlanta right now on television uh sorry in toronto right now on television and on Radio in Atlanta, we'll be going to a break a little early in this segment to get Jim Lang on early to give him a little more time to look at week one in the National Football League. Uh, Nelson, our VP of Sim Events, writes and he says, you were expecting a loss? Winnipeg is that good in back-to-back games. They were pissed. But you'd expect the Riders to show up. They didn't even get off the plane. Um, yeah. Hey, Jeff the Stamps fan says, we've all heard of the Montreal screw job. Now we have the Edmonton screw job. He's talking about, I guess, the pass interference call late in the game that the Stampeders fell cost them the game. Oh, and just back to this for a second. Victor LeBlanc says, exactly, Rod. That's how I felt when the Bombers beat the Riders. Enjoyed every minute of it. I'll walk that back for a second. When your team is spanking somebody, and this left my mind. Thank you for the reminder, Brian and Hudson Bay. Let's not forget 2013 Grey Cup. Apparently, they're having a reunion for it this weekend in Saskatchewan. My invite somehow got lost, Moose. But I broadcast that game, the greatest day in Saskatchewan history. It was 31 to 6 at halftime. We were motorboating the Hamilton Tiger Cats that day and loving every single second of it. Remember when Darian Duran fumbled 
in the opening quarter into the hands of Corey Sheets. Or when uh, the center for Hamilton snapped the ball right past Henry Burris. You know, like everything went the Riders' way that way. Just like what happened with the Dallas Cowboys last night, and I enjoyed every single second of it. If it's, if it's your team, you would love every single second of it. Have the Leafs ever had a game like that or a playoff game like that? I can't remember. That's your team. <laughs> I can't remember No, I'm serious. Either. I'm not trolling when me. I say that. No, tells, yeah. tells me no. Um, no, there have been. There's the odd game like that, but it's very rare. Very, very rare. And, of course, you like it because, you know, you like your team to do well. Um, and, and the thing with your own team, you always feel like you're waiting for them to lose, right? So keep piling on because you need more points to make sure you win the game. Um, but, no, you, you love every second of it, and you hate every second of it if you're on the other side, obviously. Uh, yeah, and for the Ryder fan in Hudson Bay who said, I don't know what it's like to pulverize somebody. I just gave you an example. In a championship game, the 2013 Grey Cup, we did it. Nobody wanted a game that day, like a close game. Uh, by the way, the only time that I've ever seen that the stands were full for warm-up 90 minutes before kickoff, only time in my life. And then the stadium was full two hours after the game. Yeah. So, yeah, no, we have had that. Uh, Nelson says the reunion is October 7th, RP. They are being put in the plaza. You can still plan to be here and crash the party. Hello. Uh, I'm good. I believe the Tampa Bay Lightning are here that night for the Florida Panthers home opener. So, yeah. We good. Allie in Texas writes in and she says, Rod, I'm not trolling. <laughs> oh, as a Cowboys fan? Is that what you're saying? Um, Shane at Deer Valley. You know Shane, and I miss him. I'm sure you yep. do too, Darren. He says, it's a sign of coaching when you haven't shown up for the last three road games. Play great at home. There's a joke in there, isn't there, about the possum? Play great at home and play dead on the road. Something like that. Can I tell you about the possum that was out here in our backyard that was dead? It just oh, no. vaporized. It just vaporized. What? It just disappeared. It's a South Florida thing. I can't even believe it. Bob's uh, okay. And Ryan in New York State says, I call that feeling excitable dread, Moose. I've had that feeling as a Jets fan for the last decade. LOL. He's talking New yeah. York Jets. I'll see you back here at hour two, Darren. You bet. See you then. As I have queued up our board operators in the control room in Toronto and Atlanta, we're taking an early break. Going to get Jim Lang on here early next we are live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, podcast, and YouTube Live. Collectors, register for the premier sports card convention where collectors, enthusiasts, and sports lovers unite to celebrate the beauty and value of their treasured items taking place in Red Deer, Alberta, in the Parkland Pavilion, September 29th, 30th, and October 1st. Get your tickets and more information at premiersportscardcon.ca. That's premiersportscardcon.ca. 
We had to get this guy some extra time. Let's bring him in. Canada's foremost NFL insider, Jim Lang. And I ain't going to waste it. Jim, I got questions for you, but week one, almost in the books in the National Football League. What were your takeaways? Well, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys defense was nothing short of phenomenal last night. And New York Giants fans in the tri-state area are losing their mind over their performance. But let's give some credit to Jerry Jones and the Cowboys and that team they put together who had a unusually, um, I guess, unremarkably quiet training camp in preseason. And all the focus seemed to be in Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and other teams around the NFL. And the Cowboys quietly went about their business. And that was an absolute complete domination. Uh, the 49ers is under Brock Purdy. Uh, to go into Pittsburgh to win like they did, I, I think there's a lot of people realizing just how good the 49ers are. And, and this piece of history here, I want to read it. Brock Purdy now is the first quarterback in the history of the NFL to lead his team to win in his first six starts and throw at least two touchdowns in each start. He's been that good. That really stood out. And I have to say, I was very impressed by Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their week one victory. He looks like he's going to be a good fit in Tampa and he stays healthy. It's going to be very interesting. Well, thank you. Very uh, succinct summation. I opened the show talking about fat cats and eager beavers. Quarterbacks that got the bag this offseason weren't that good. They got fat. Joe Burrow uh, just this week. Uh, Lamar Jackson wasn't great. Anybody could have beaten the Texans. Uh, Justin Herbert lost at home against the Chargers. And I'll get to Tua in a second. He's not that. And the Eagles were the three new quarterbacks at new places. Baker Mayfield, uh, Jimmy G, and Derek Carr all won. That, that can't be yeah. a coincidence. Uh, no, I, 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 let's face it. I think for a lot of the new quarterbacks, it, I mean, they can say it's just another game. It's not another game when you, you got, you're not part of your old team. And I don't care what sport you are. There's that motivation, that week one, to show that you belong and the other team made a mistake. That's that's a natural human emotion or reaction, I think, for any quarterback. And uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I don't think anyone's ever doubted his talent. It's can he stay healthy? And if he stays healthy, maybe he can do some really good things. And so I'm excited to see what Carr does with the Saints. There were some very – I mean, I was impressed with Atlanta Falcons. I mean, their defense with Jesse Bates the third with two picks and Arthur Smith, I think he had to be very happy. And Desmond Ritter, um, a very proficient game, uh, winning that game in week one. And the Jaguars as well look really good in week one, picking up where they left off. So uh, there's a few teams. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the, the L.A. Rams – and everything that happened last year, they really fell on their face. And Matt Stafford and the Rams looked fantastic, beating a very good Seahawks team yesterday. I think a lot of people maybe had written off the Rams a little too soon. And, you know, that it's a deep coaching staff. There's still a lot of talent both sides of the ball. And the fact they won like they did, they're missing arguably one of the best receivers in the National Football League in Cooper Cup, I think is going to be a, a real boost to the confidence for the Rams for the rest of the season. We have some college questions and comments have come in, which I don't think you'll shy away from commenting on those. But I, here, here was my morning, Jim. I watched ESPN Sports Center, watched a little bit of Get Up, and then I went for a walk, turned on NFL radio, and I'm like, you know what? Stop. It's just, it's, it's too much. I'll drive myself nuts. You know what I mean? But the one thing before yeah. I turned it off they were talking about was Tua. And everybody was guys from South Florida here saying, you know what? You guys are going to stop trashing Tua once you see how good a quarterback he is. And it's a little like what you just said about Jimmy G. Nobody ever said Tua's not great. He's just hurt all the time. But what did you see out of him in uh, the week one win at L.A.? I, I mean, the biggest thing I saw was his 
unbelievable quarterback-receiver relationship with Tyreek Hill. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. If two is healthy and the way Hill looked yesterday, and the Chargers aren't a slouchy team. It's a above 500 football team, a, a borderline playoff team. And Tyreek Hill looked, uh, I mean, let's face it, he's one of the fastest, quickest, uh, slickest receivers in the NFL. And for two to go off for almost 500 yards in week one and have Hill over 200 yards, that's, I mean, any Dolphins fan has to feel good about him. I think they've got the right coaching staff, a lot of the right offensive talent in place to, to put up points like that on a consistent basis, especially if you don't defend Tyreek Hill, like airtight, lock him down, double coverage. He will burn you time and time again, and two is smart enough to know that and put the ball in place. I mean, you could question Tua for a lot of things, but when you go to week one and play a team like the Chargers and put up almost 500 yards in week one, give the man some credit. He's a talented quarterback, and I think the Dolphins can do some special things if Tua can stay healthy. Well, imagine trying to cover Tyreek Hill. I saw somewhere, I was in the stadium, they showed it in uh, Hard Rock Stadium, that he ran a mile in like 3.5 minutes. I think he can run at 21.5 mile an hour. Tyreek Hill. How do you cover that? Again, so one player can't cover that. So that means the opposing defense has got to roll coverage to him because you can't expect one defensive back to cover a player of that skill, that that kind of talent, explosive talent, where the old saying he's even is leaving, so the DB thinks he's got him, that he's got an extra gear, and if you don't have help, it's over. And he did it time and time again yesterday. Yeah, it was fun to watch it. I'm happy for the Dolphins, man. They've had some tough luck the last couple of years, and it, but yeah. they're in this division. This is where I'll wind this up with the Bills and the Jets. Like, what is your? I've got the Jets to win tonight. There's a reason they got Aaron Rodgers, and I think he they want to show it off tonight. Unless the Bills are favored by two, maybe you go along with that. What do you see happening? Now, as far as the betting line, I, it's quite interesting. I, I for me, it's a coin flip game. Um, Aaron Rodgers is. Again, he's got a lot to prove, um, both for people around the NFL and for people in Green Bay and for people in New York, that they made the right decision. He made the right decision. They do have a lot of talent, and they have the special DB and Sauce Gardner. But Josh Allen and the Bills, are they're the real deal. And there's a lot of people that around the AFC think that Josh Allen and the Bills, that this could be the year that they go all the way to the Super Bowl. Well, it kind of starts tonight at MetLife Stadium. I, I expect a great game. I expect a lot of big plays. But I'm kind of leaning towards the Jets a little bit just because of home field advantage, Aaron Rodgers, that week one, that little bit of extra zip he's going to have to prove a lot of people to himself and everyone else that he's still an MVP caliber quarterback. And for anyone who watched a lot of the hard knocks, uh, he has been like a coach for Robert Sala and the coaching staff of the Jets. And you've seen how he interacts with his players, both offensively and defensively, um, attention to detail and stuff like that. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to tonight's game, but I'm kind of leaning towards Aaron Rodgers and the Jets just because this means a little bit more to him, I think. Attention to detail is the difference between winning and losing. And I'll be honest, I should mention this. I learned this in my dealing with the military, uh, with mental health recovery, with the soldiers. The difference in details is between living and dying. And your dad was a military guy. The, my condolences yes. on the passing of your father last week, Jim. What, what do people need to know about him? Well, I, I'm very proud of my father. He was um, like a lot of young men who joined the Canadian military in the 1950s. He was a high school dropout, and and he grew up in Halifax. And for him to 
to get out of Halifax and see the world, going joining the Royal Canadian Air Force and joining the Air Force was his way to do it. And uh, from being a high school dropout, he worked hard and learned his trade and became one of the top aircraft engine mechanics in the Air Force, ended up becoming the lead instructor on the CP-140 Aurora, uh, wrote the manual how to fix the engines. He retired as a master warrant officer. Uh, he was a great dad. Um, I, I loved him dearly, and I, I appreciate the condolences. And he was a big sports fan, and we talked a lot of sports, but um, he was just, you know, like young men from Regina to Quebec to the Maritimes and B.C., Sometimes you think, I want to see the world. I want to get out of my community in the Canadian military. It did still still today, but especially back then in the 1950s, your world was very small. And for him to join the military, it was his chance to see the world and look outside his, his little community in the west end of Halifax. And the, the Air Force did that for him. He sounded like a great guy, Jim. So uh, our condolences. And last Thank one you. on the college note, Larry Sweets watching in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Larry's son, Chris, is the O-line coach of the Argos. He says, Rod, go Argos. One more win, clinch the East, and says, not a good day for Alabama. Being a Roll Tide fan, not happy. If you get pencil and losses, if you, if you get a pencil and losses, you don't think you're going to lose to the Longhorns. Alabama's my team. And they whipped him Saturday night. Yeah, you know, I, the college football season, especially early on, I find very interesting because the, there's no preseason in college football. They play like the, the, the red-white game or, you know, that kind of thing, the intra-squad scrimmage where they get 80,000, 90,000 people. I find the scores and the games are quite unpredictable. To be honest with you, I've been paying a lot of attention to what Deion Sanders is doing with the Colorado Buffaloes and how well they've looked the first two weeks of the season. And, um, you know, for all his uh, bombast and all his, you know, he likes to talk smack and all that and talking back to reporters, his team looks good. You know, it's, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how they do. And that's part of the problem with a team like Alabama is for all their history and all their pedigree, they don't really know what Texas recruited in the offseason or how good they are to get playing them. And in college football, as the season goes on, then you get a better idea of the teams that you're looking at and facing. And that's why as you get to November, but to the different sort of uh, conference championship games, then you really know what you have. But I find, uh, you look a few years ago, Michigan got upset by like a D2 school that they had basically penciled in the game one because they thought it was going to be an easy victory. But you just don't know early in the season in the NCAA what you're going to get because you don't know what you have and you don't know what the other team has when you're facing them. And I'm sure Saban and the coaching staff in Alabama will have that fixed pretty quickly over the next few weeks. There's no question about... The, the kind of team they have, the kind of coaching staff they have. And the, I, I, I can't imagine too many losses like that going forward. But I, I don't think it should be too much of a shock. And I don't think Alabama Crimson Tide fans should read too much into it. Let's let's wait to around November when they probably only have one loss on their schedule and they're going to another conference championship game. Well, I'm learning fast the pressure of the SEC and big-time college football overall. And you can't you can't have two losses. You just can't. No. You're not going to win a national no. championship. So that's, I see where the pressure comes from. Jim, we got to run a wonderful update as always. Let's do it again soon, sir, and enjoy the football. Team Rod, loving it. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Jim Lang, give him a follow on Twitter at, at Jim Lang Sports. Sports update coming up next. We are live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, podcast, and YouTube Live.
save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. RP Show continues from Boca Raton, Florida. And we'll tell some more Boca stuff coming back next hour. We don't have a lot of time here in this segment, although I do want to send a shout-out to my folks that are writing me from Western Canada enjoying the show for the first time on Shaw Rogers Channel 230. We've been on there for a couple weeks. Our last day in Alberta was August 25th, and uh, we debuted on there, and 2 million more new homes in Western Canada. So thanks for watching. And it's sports people, by the way, which I should tell you this was my dream for this show to always give those sports people something to watch in the mornings because there's nothing else live on. Um, So yeah, it's going fantastic. So thank you. Uh, A sports update, speaking up, live sports updates on this Monday. The Vancouver Canucks have named defenseman Quinn Hughes their 15th captain in franchise history. He's the first defenseman to hold the honor for Vancouver since a three-player rotation during the 1991 season that included blue liner Doug Lidster. The last full-time defenseman to don the sea in Vancouver was Kevin McCarthy from 1979 to 1982. He was a first-round pick, Quinn Hughes, of the Canucks back in 2018. Baseball, a four-game series with possible playoff implications opens tonight when the Toronto Blue Jays face the Texas Rangers at Rogers Center. The Jays, who hold the second American League wildcard berth, will send Chris Bassett to the mound, looking to extend the team's win streak to four games. Our sports updates are brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company out of Alberta. They have the perfect craft beer for your enjoyment. Featuring their core five, Good Company, Hazy Pale Ale, Common Crown Crafted Lager, Journeyman IPA, Brewmaster Blonde Ale, and Coppersmith Brown Ale, four of which sit below 5% ABV, making them the ideal beer for your everyday common affair. Now just back up the bingo truck, Bessie, if that means anything. Leanne writes in and says, uh, good teams don't get blown out. BC blew out Winnipeg, then Winnipeg blew out BC. Even good teams crapped the bed, but still none too happy today. Um, what are we talking about? BC, what have they won? The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are a championship team. Listen, you want to sit and fight with me all If you want to say the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are Grey Cup contenders, then go ahead. We'll have to agree to disagree, Leanne. But don't sit and fight with me on everything I say. John Ohm. Um, says, I get Game Plus Network now on Shaw Cable. How about that? You are clearly one of the two million homes in Western Canada that gets the RP show every day. Again, I just can't tell you how happy I am to add two million more homes under my spell here on the RP show. Terry the Lawyer writes in from Calgary, says, I'm heading to Mooseman and then Winnipeg next week. I'll continue to spread the gospel according to RP. Thank you, Terry. Mooseman, the home of Dave Tippett. 
Next hour, uh, the Moose rejoins me in the voice of the Argos. Mike Hogan, stick around after this brief pause on Game Plus and WQEE Radio.